Big countries like the United States are an amalgamation of many cultures. If you've been to each state or even a number of them, you've probably experienced radically different foods, different types of attire, and even some pretty wild fringe festivals. My personal favorite is the Lumberjack Festival that's held every year in Hayward, Wisconsin. While you may not enjoy the fried Oreos of the Utah State Fair or the political views of that neighboring state, these experiences, even if just witness, give you a sense of the differences and similarities of what makes everyone's clocks tick. This empathy builds and you begin to realize commonalities that can bring folks together and even those that will push people apart. This type of empathy is exactly what you need to build as an operator of a business when it comes to understanding your customer. You don't necessarily need to travel to meet every customer across the globe, but setting up conversations is crucial to understanding the strengths and vulnerabilities of your product as well as the thoughts, wishes, hopes, pain points, and even dreams of your customer. You can also take it to the next level though, like today's guest, Suresh Sambadam, CEO of Kissflow. He left Kissflow's HQ in Chennai, India to voyage across most of the lower 48 states in the US to understand the interests and needs of his customers. But the wisdom of his journey to develop customer relationships is not even close to what he'll unpack for you today. All that and more coming up next. From ProfitWell Recur, it's Protect the Hustle, where we explore the truth behind the strategy and tactics of B2B SaaS growth to make you an outstanding operator. On today's episode, Suresh Sambadam discusses customer development. We talk about being a champion of the mundane, a globetrotter approach to customer development, examining product manager hubris, the biggest limitations to growth, and the four tech ecosystems of India. So I'm founder and CEO of Kissflow. Kissflow is actually a workflow management software targeted towards a self-service use case where SMBs can do it themselves. Mm -hmm. Instead of uh, buying the, the big heavy enterprise software like Pega or Appian, which probably costs like a half a million dollars. Yeah. SMBs don't have that much money. No, of course right? not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So anybody can come to Kissflow website and sign up for a workflow automation solution. Cool. It costs like $9 per user per month. Yeah. They have to buy 10 users and that's all it takes to start off. When you say like workflow, mm. like anything? Like what, what are some of the common like workflows? Mostly anything that requires a structured flow. Okay. So, for example, if you just want to look at task management or things like that, you'd probably use Trello. Sure. But if you want like an approval request for an appraisal process, sure. you don't do it using Trello. Yeah. You need a system where an employee starts a process, it goes to their manager, yeah. and then there is a HR that comes into review, and sure. then you are giving a raise. It goes to a department head, and he looks at comparisons, and then finally approves that, then it goes into payroll. If you see that this actually has a flow and a structure to it, yeah. something like anything that requires this structure and flow, sure. Kissflow is the right software for that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And can I hook in like yeah. different apps, like all yeah. kinds of stuff? Like it has both inbound and outbound integrations. Okay. So uh, we use Zapier. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that pretty much solves everything. everything pretty much <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can actually push data from other systems into Kissflow, trigger something, get the approval done. Okay. And at the end, push data back into your enterprise systems. That's cool. We have really large companies in the US using our software. Yeah. Like multi-billion dollar companies. We have 50 of the Fortune 500 or so companies oh, wow. uh, using Kissflow. And what's like the most common like flow? They often start off with something one or two. Yeah. For, I'll give you an example. Sure. 
Reckitt Bansakar is actually a global top 10 FMCG company. Okay. They start off with a process called damage claim approval. Okay. Which is like they ship a lot of goods and in, along the way few things get damaged and it happens across various countries and people write it off. But when you write it off, there's lots of money involved in it. Yeah. And people often track that in Excel and email and yeah. back and forth. And they started off with that process mm-hmm. as a single uh, you know, process that gives value for them. Sure. But then they ended up rolling out a kiss flow for everything else, every other use case that they can think of, even a travel ex- approval sure. or some budget approval, capital expense uh, approval, Anything that requires approval flow, sure. they ended up doing with KissFlow. That's cool. So for different customers, it starts with different use cases. Typically from something that is a pain for them, they start off with. And then they think, you know what, I need a better way to solve this sure. instead of what I'm doing right now. And then they discover KissFlow and then expand into other areas. That's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, how that's it works. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, what's kind of cool is that we don't want to do the mundane things anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't want to like waste time in those Excel spreadsheets. We want it to be kind of automated. Correct. So that's kind of like what you're focused on, which is pretty cool. How did you get here? I know you were doing something before. Like, what's the story up until this point? Before KissFlow, we had a platform as a service offering in the cloud space. Then we sold to a bunch of large customers. We didn't have an SMB version that was meant for really large enterprises. Sure. It cost $100,000 to sign up for our previous version of the software. Yeah. And we had few tens of customers, less than 100. Yeah. Right? Now we have a few thousands. Sure. Right? But we weren't able to scale that 100. Sure. So, and then we went back and found out what is that they are trying to do with our software. Mm-hmm. We found out that automating these workflows is the one thing that they time and again repeated. Among the common thing that came uh, across all these customers was that. And then we realized that how about doing this as a standard product? Sure. So that's actually the trigger. In fact, one customer in the UK, we went and met personally, is one of those trips. (laughs) Oh my God, this is amazing. Because they bought our software for like close to $100,000, but they engaged a design company uh, to do what is called as a pixel perfect front end. We didn't have that perfection at the time yeah. to slap it on top of the KissFlow software uh, oh, or rather cool. the Orangescape software at the time. And they spent 200000 for that. Oh my gosh. Then we realized, <laughs> Tape, come on, what's going on here? 100000 for our software, $200,000 just for... <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a lot of money, right? And then understood what they're trying to do. They're trying to roll it out to the entire company and the perfection and, and the kind of adoption is so much important for them. Yeah. Then we said, oh, no, t- took a step back and took the use case and also took the learning that how much of uh, importance is user interface yeah. and user experiences. So we based, sort of baked these two things together and we got boom, kiss flow. That's cool. <laughs> no, that's cool. And, and I mean, how much should customer development, like customer conversations, because we were talking about this before we were recording, but like you went on a massive road trip, like, yeah. Every part of the United States, sounds like parts of Europe as well. Like, were you just like, I got to understand how this is going. Like, I got to go talk to the customers. You're like, how did that all come come to be? And maybe explain a little bit what you actually did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there are two parts. One is when we started KissFlow, we already had some knowledge. Sure. uh, Because of the previous product that we had. And there was also an anecdotal story around that. So around the time, we were becoming reasonably successful with with large companies, although not for SMBs. Google came to us and then said, we want to bundle KissFlow, part of the Google App Suite. Nice. And it's supposed to be called as Google Workflow. Mm -hmm. We did a term sheet with them. Uh Uh-oh. 
but it didn't happen. Didn't, didn't happen. Actually. Didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's another proof point. This something like Kissflow would really take off really well. Sure. Right. So th- these are the two convictions from which we started Kissflow. But after that, that's the first version. But when we did the version two, we had to go back and understand a lot more deeper into what the customers are actually doing. So we, I embarked on this huge road trip in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, started with San Francisco, spent a time in the West Coast, like LA and all the stuff. Seattle, then went to Seattle, yeah. then yeah. went to Chicago, Peoria, Appleton, yeah. Boston, Atlanta, somewhere in North Carolina, some places, yeah. Tampa, Florida, all those places. More places than most Americans, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just literally, we had customers, like for example, in Appleton, we had Nina Enterprises. Yeah. Right, so went there and you know. For those of you who don't know, is any great or manhole that you see in the states is made by Nina. <laughs> yeah, I'm from south of there, so I'm very proud. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, went there and uh, talked to them, understood how they were using Kissflow. I had such a brilliant welcome, like they were all happy to see me because you know till now they have been using Kissflow and they have never seen a face. Because it's all sold online. It's the sure. first time they're seeing, and the two the CEO walks up to their office, and then they were like so happy to see yeah. me. It's because they're Wisconsin. <laughs> it's, they're, it's where I'm from. It's the it's the Chennai of the states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I had such a pleasant. I had like uh, some gifts and all organized for me. Some oh, food, special food organized for yeah, me. Yeah. Probably a lot of cheese or something. Right? <laughs> very, very nice. They had a huge list prepared. You know what? We need all these things. <laughs> Here's your gifts. Now build these for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. But I really liked it. So that the second part really helped us to release the second version of what we are doing. So we take customer development, for example, integral part of our software uh, release process. Right yeah. now, we are actually into 3.0. I can't talk about the details of what we are doing in 3.0, but we already did some customer development around uh, 3.0, what we are trying to do, talk to a few customers. Cool. This time we are not doing in-person uh, sessions like what yeah. we did last time, but this time. Because you've been an entrepreneur for a while now, yeah. like this isn't your first rodeo. Like, right. why do you think talking to your customers is so important? Because we make a lot of assumptions. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. Yeah. yeah, because actually, uh, one of the most important assumptions is that, meaning I, I was attending your session over the, over the workshop over the sure. weekend, right? Before the weekend. You had this one quadrant which says, arrogant PM feature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meaning when we saw that slide, you know, we three of us attended, we were all seeing each other's face. I you started laughing. I thought, oh no, yeah. Yeah, because it's instantaneously connected with us. Because yeah. we have made that mistake more than once. Sure. Right, and this arrogant PM feature is the one which actually most most product companies probably make. Sure, the same mistakes. And for those of you who don't know, like basically saying that, you know, we as product people will will think something so important and we won't listen to any other data because we want to build it. Like, why do you think that happens? Is it because we think we're we're gods of product, or <laughs> is it you know something that this is probably something very core to the human nature. Mm-hmm. Not with product managers. I've, I've seen this even in other uh, arguments in, in, in the company. Sure. When somebody gets conviction on an idea, it's very difficult for them to change that. Sure. Like they come and present, let's say, like a scalability option, and somebody decided to use Kubernetes. Okay. Right? Or somebody said, you know what, no SQL and all, it's all bullshit. Okay. Here is Postgres, and it just works fine. And yeah. it scales massively. And they keep arguing, arguing against that. Because once people pick up some ideas and they're convinced about it, sure. they're not willing to change it. Yeah. 
Because they've already bought in. They already bought head. into that yeah. idea, and they they have to do a little bit of unlearning. That openness is not there, and product managers are yet another human being. They actually suffer from the same limitations that most uh, people have seen around having. So I think product managers have to be a lot more conscious in in not having this. Yeah. Because pretty much product managers is like a CEO role. Yeah. You really need to know why are you building it, for whom are you building it, how is the marketing going to uh, sell this uh, or market this, how is sales going to convince a customer. You re- literally need to think through all the different combinations and what's the ROI, right? And there, if you become little too much sold uh, sold into your idea early on without validation, it becomes very fatal. So I think. That's the fundamental reason I feel that why product managers you know, should not do this and why they do this. How do you fight that here? Like there's some gut that's right, right? Yeah. Like there's some assumptions that are right yeah. and there's some that are very yeah. wrong and some that are eh, okay, right? I don't know that I have a direct answer. It's a difficult one to fight. So the best way to fight is to have a little bit more balanced team sure. with different perspectives, mm-hmm. right? We have... The core team of PM is like three people, sure. including me, mm-hmm. right? And between us, we have a very intense discussion, meaning sometimes when I say something, Dinesh inter- intervenes me and asks, you know, none of our customers do that, right? Why are you thinking we should build that? And I do the same thing when he says something, yeah. right? You know, we have something called Product Dash, mm-hmm. which is actually a version out of Redash. Okay. You know Redash? I believe so. Yeah, yeah it's an yeah. analytic software, yeah, which yeah, is an yeah. open source analytic software. Yeah. So we streamed all our clicks from our product into Redash. Okay. And it runs on Google BigQuery. Yep. It's a front end on top of Google BigQuery. Sure, sure, sure. And if you go to our read, we call this product Dash internally. Okay. You go there and then query, you'll tell you which feature is people have used a lot. So so when Dinesh says, you know, we'll build something like that, I'll say, okay, can you go to product Dash and tell me how many clicks we got for that particular feature in the current yeah, version? Yeah, yeah. So we tend to balance it by doing this. Yeah. I honestly don't have a systematic structured sure. uh, way of uh, cracking this problem. But I think it's that, that, that friction and maybe maybe sometimes it is an argument, maybe sometimes it's just like a discussion, but yeah. like that, that friction, friction and that balance really helps. And exactly. I know with... Actually, that's the word I was catching for. That friction is the one that is actually solving this problem right now for us. Sure. I don't know if it's the right approach. Yeah. But right now, that seems to be the only thing that's working for yeah. us. <laughs> no, that's great. It's, it's amazing. When I'm sitting there and all of a sudden everyone's agreeing with me, I'm like, there's a problem. <laughs> like, there's a problem either, like, they're not telling me what they, they yeah. think I don't want to hear or, you know, there's that. That friction. doesn't happen at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in our case, I have hardly, in the last uh, couple of years, I've hardly into a PM discussion where everybody's agreeing on something. Yeah, that's great, though. Like, everyone should disagree, right? Yeah. Or everyone, not everyone should disagree, but everyone should. Have their point of view. They should view. seek the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to challenge you on your truth, and hopefully we come to the, to the right truth, which is great. And that's so, great. did you think you were doing that intentionally when you hired or met with your co-founders? Or was it something that you were, you just kind of got lucky that they disagree with you or, or I that think they challenged you? Ju- you just got lucky. Yeah. And also because of the culture, meaning as you've seen, we have a very open culture. I don't sit in an office or something yeah, like yeah. that. We couldn't find you because you were just like right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... You know, because of that, we have always been like a bunch of friends working together, solving problems. Especially in the PM team, I don't think there is any inhibition to challenge each other with respect of the titles. All of us come from an engineering background and grown into product management as a responsibility. Sure. 
So that part, I feel that we have been a bit lucky. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of uh, founders still stuck in the engineering mindset. Sure. And not yet graduated to the product management mind. So build, 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 build. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So sometimes people say this, but they hardly do it. In the last release, we removed features. So there are a bunch of features. We said we are going to remove it, and we did some product dash analysis. There are some five ten customers who are using that feature. Yeah. I told them. People said, you know, there's a big customer. They'll scream at it. I said, okay, I'll take the blame. Yeah. You remove that feature. <laughs> I'll take the blame. If that churn happens, I will take responsibility for that. Luckily, they didn't churn. Sure. Yeah. So we were, we were able to make such hard calls. Yeah. That's super cool. And when you think about what you're still struggling with, like what's the biggest thing you're struggling with right now as a CEO, as a founder? I think everything boils down to ability to translate your ideas into execution using great talent. Mm-hmm. So if, right now, the biggest limitation I feel is not even money. But actually getting the right people to execute and delegate that responsibility. Like, for example, we are launching a new independent content site, not affiliated with Kissflow, because we're trying to build some thought leadership around it. But the problem is somebody needs to champion that. That's as good as running... It's a company. Yeah. Company, right? So now that's not taking off because you're not able to find that person who can actually run it like that. This is a little bigger objective, but there are even minor, uh, smaller objectives have the same problem. Sure. So the ability to translate great ideas into executable ones finally gets bottlenecked with talent. Got it. You know, five, ten, five years ago, people always say, you know, the biggest problem is talent. I never appreciated it. Yeah. Now I really mean what those founders are actually totally. trying to communicate. What's funny is I, when I first started ProfitWell, I was like, oh, like people were like, yeah, hardest thing is going to be talent hiring. Oh, yeah. And you're like, no, 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 no way. It. I'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah, right. It's going to be marketing. It's going to be product. But yeah. like, believe me, it's the same thing. In totally every agree. function, again, it boils down to talent. Whether it's marketing or sales, you know, we started a partner program last year. Sure. It didn't do well. Okay. We had to restructure. Again, talent. Mm -hmm. This year, we have again put a new person in place. It's starting to do well. Yeah. So every initiative is actually boiling down to talent. I'm spending so much time in hiring and spotting people, telling my HR. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. And and how do you find, like, the talent? And then tell them, okay, you know what, this, this guy, we should catch him. Yeah. So I spot... And I expect all my leadership team also to do the same thing because hiring the correct people is the number one problem. Yeah. Chennai, really good base of talent. A lot of yeah. really good developers, yeah. uh, really good just people yeah. across the board. But you got Amazon, Athena Health, you know, your buddies at Freshworks. <laughs> like, you got all these different people. Like, what's your secret, if you will, to, to like hiring good talent? I think we are easily like in the top three or four companies in Chennai. Freshworks, Zoho, Kissflow will be like in that order. Yeah. Right. So Zoho, Freshworks, of course, they are like very close. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. So we have our own popularity in the local ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So Orangecape and Kissflow brand are very well known. Sure. And people come to us automatically. Sure. So how did you get there? Meaning, I've consistently spent time with the ecosystem. Sure. So Just I've been like events, events, and you know, speaking events, helping people, helping founders, help going to colleges yeah. and speaking there, speaking to students, attending, you know, hackathons, yeah. you know, code camps. So accepting every invitation. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just going literally building it the hard way. Yeah. So brick by great. brick. So yeah. I think we have done it and then we have covered literally in all magazines in, in local. 
That's cool. Yeah, pretty much Hindu business line, mm-hmm. you know, pretty uh, tech in Asia, Inc. Forty Two, your story, anything. You can. So you're kind of a big deal. That's <laughs> yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So we <laughs> yeah, luckily yeah, yeah. we don't have that much of a problem because we sure. have uh, our own brand here. Sure. And it took a long time to build it. Yeah. And now we also have a cool office, and anybody who walks in, they just instantly get blown away by our office, and then say, "Okay, man, I want to work here." That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so, I like the grass. We got the fake grass on the floor here. Yeah, 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 yeah which is cool. Grass, yeah. Do you play soccer on there or football? Excuse me. Originally, that was the idea. It was supposed to be a mini futsal. Okay. But I think a mini cricket people pitch. thought this will become like Orange Cape Sports Academy instead of <laughs> <laughs> because we already have golf, uh, yeah, mini golf, pool, pool table, and, and ping pong yeah. and all that stuff. So <laughs> if you put a soccer, then <laughs> you have to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's it like building a company in Chennai? Like you've been all over the world. You know, I, I don't know how many tech ecosystems you've seen, but like exposed to Bangalore, Chennai, and Silicon Valley. Okay, yeah. So you've seen a few, and like you've definitely seen business and elsewhere. Like, what makes Chennai unique? You think, especially to Silicon Valley? Of course, Chennai is no match to Silicon Valley. Sure. So I think Silicon Valley cannot be compared with anything else. Anything. No, so it's, it's like a unique yeah. thing. It's like you can't compare Steve Jobs to anything else. That's why I always love when people are like, "Well, Apple does this," and I'm like, "You're not well, Apple. You're There's not no Apple. way." You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not kidding me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's out of the way. Silicon Valley is way ahead. But I can definitely compare Chennai among the ecosystems within India. In India, we have like distinctively four ecosystems. Mm-hmm. Of course, Bangalore is one of the popular one. Mm-hmm. It's called as Silicon Valley for India. Sure. But the SaaS capital is in Chennai. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It is here. <laughs> so there's a lot of tech there, but not as much SaaS. Yeah, yeah SaaS yeah. is in Chennai. That's cool. And there's Pune and Mumbai. Yep. And that's another ecosystem. And then sure. there is NCR. Okay. Delhi, Gurgaon, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Noida. That's Not Hyderabad? Hyderabad's Hyderabad got some tech, but it's a lot of the big big companies. It's coming up. Okay, Hyderabad would be the fifth one. Okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then the people in Calcutta will say, you know, what about Calcutta? <laughs> we have a software company. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there is always, and also there's something happening in Cochin, in Kerala, yeah. and all that. But actually, really speaking, there are like really the three, four ecosystems. Yeah. But among them, I think Chennai stands out for two things. One is within India, there is a advantage in terms of cost as well. Like when you hire somebody in Bangalore, you could probably hire them in fifty percent in in Chennai. Oh, interesting. Okay. So when you're bootstrapping, you better be in Chennai. Oh, interesting. I like that. Right. That's cool. That is one. The second one is average time in in any company spent by employees in Bangalore is like fourteen to eighteen months. People. Oh. Churn, but in a broader company, if people churn in fourteen to eighteen months, there's not much. There's not much they are contributing, right? Because it takes four five months for people to get plugged into the system. Yeah, Yeah. and then they leave in twelve months and fourteen months. Yeah, it's like useless. But in Chennai, it's anywhere between two to three years, which is fine. Which is double. You are double if half the salary, double the staying cost. You get the bang for your buck. That's so, right. and that's very useful for SaaS specifically because the ramp up of SaaS is slow, right? People say like once a SaaS company reaches ten million, it's unstoppable. Yeah. Somewhat. For the most part. For yeah. the most part, right? But you're, you're not going to fail. Like, you're not going to fail. You might not get the best outcome you want, but yeah, totally yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. Right. But to get to ten million, you're going to have a slow ramp, right? Sure. And especially if you're bootstrapping. But Chennai gives that ideal condition. Sure. For all these things to happen, and Chennai. Has ten thousand people in SaaS. That's 
That's great. working in SaaS. Because between Freshdesk, Zoho, Kissflow, and all those companies, we have 10,000 employees. That's great. And Chennai generates close to a billion dollars of SaaS revenue. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that's why it's called SaaS Capital. Chennai is called SaaS Capital not for uh, the number of companies, yeah. but the amount, number of employees who work in SaaS and the amount of revenue, real money, right? Not funding. Sure. Yeah. So these two and the talent factors, the two uh, factors that I talked about. Sure actually makes Chennai a unique ecosystem, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool because... And also Chennai is very techie. The people in Chennai are very good in math. Yeah, that's what we heard. Yeah, yeah. it's very good in math because the people here, we get trained in math very strongly. Yeah, and that's very good. Yeah, exactly. naturally, uh, it's good for computer science. And in, uh, in our state, it has the largest engineering colleges in India. Oh, cool. So we, we manufacture, so we produce. <laughs> Just math guys and gals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Math guys and girls. That's and cool. Science and math. Uh, so very good in it. That's great. So that starts from that foundation. I mean, when I say very good, I'm saying in a relative scale within India. But when we compare it with Nordics, for yeah. example, our education standards have to improve a lot, even Chennai. Sure. But... Within India, Chennai is doing well. Yeah, but, yeah. But there's, I mean, there's the also yeah. just a ton of people. Yeah. So that top 10% is a lot of people, you yeah. know, right? Rather than in the Nordics where, yeah, the top 50% might be great, but there's not as many people, yeah. like, which is interesting. Yeah, that's, that's what sometimes people say. If you want to start a project in, like, say, Python or Java, and you want 200 people to work on it, you right. can't go to any other place. <laughs> <laughs> there is no 200 people in Python or Java in one stroke you can go and hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Are you thinking of opening another office somewhere else, or are you going to stay all in Chennai? We have only, in India, we'll never go to any other city. Okay. We'll be mostly in Chennai. Appleton, Wisconsin is your next? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so we have an office in uh, Mountain View. Oh, that's right. And you also have some people in Indiana, yeah. right? Yeah, we have an office office in Mountain View and we have another office in Indiana. It's not an office, uh, but we have a bunch of people working uh, out of Indiana. Yeah, 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 remotely. But How did that happen? You just had a person you wanted to hire? Or like what was the... Actually, it's, it happened because of one person. Uh, his name is Neil Miller. Okay. And he came from Indiana to Chennai, mm -hmm. relocated here, lived here for seven years. Mm -hmm. So during his last two years, I bumped into him, you know, just before, when he is completing, sure. about to complete his, uh, this thing. Then we liked each other, and then he started working for us in Chennai for a year. Sure. And we were planning to re relocate after a year or so. That's cool. And then we said, you know, this will be a good experiment to conduct. Yeah. And then it worked out really well. That's great. And one of the, the good things is I really started loving the Midwest people. That's right. We're awesome. <laughs> We're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's because they're really easy to work with. Yeah, yeah. Extremely committed. Yeah. And very trustable. I don't need to track it down, give objectives. Yeah, yeah. They'll just do it and then come back and tell you, okay, this all it's happened, done. it's yeah. done, and this is issues, we need to fix this. Yeah. It's really, really So maybe awful. Chicago. Maybe Chicago office. Maybe. If, if at all I'm starting something in Midwest, I'll probably do Indianapolis. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Because probably where he is, right? He's yeah, yeah. in Indianapolis border, that town. It's a great town. I mean, it's Salesforce is there. It actually is in Carmel. Carmel, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But I know like like Salesforce has a huge office in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Even uh, there's one more. Some, some of the big company has. There's some big ones, yeah. yeah, yeah. They like the Midwesterners because we like, you know, we're nice on the phone with sales and support and stuff uh, like that. So. Yeah. so I like the Midwestern, although it's very cold. Mm. During winters, at least. That's what, that means we work harder. Because <laughs> we don't want to go outside, so we work. A huge shout out to Suresh for doing the podcast. Now you have what it takes to tackle customer development. 
Today, we talked about being a champion of the mundane, a globetrotter approach to customer development, examining product manager hubris, the biggest limitation to growth, and the four tech ecosystems of India. Oh, and if you want to support ProfitWell and the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you left a five-star review of the podcast or the equivalent rating wherever you listen and watch. The podcast gods tend to like that type of thing, and you know we like to appease the podcast gods. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to and tell your friends about Protect the Hustle, a podcast from ProfitWell Recur, the largest, fastest growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions.